Welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast by Skiff Meetings, the podcast for curious event professionals embracing the future of business events. My name is Miguel Nevsch, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Skiff Meetings. And in this episode titled Fashion, Food, and the Secrets of Building Personal Connections, I have the pleasure of speaking with Sofia Krokos, Founder and Creative Director of Sofia Krokos Events. Sophia is known for offering detailed curation, design, and production of luxury events. She works on celebrity parties, extravagant global weddings, milestone birthdays, product launches, and charity events. So how does she do this? Part of it is being a source of support, guidance, and expertise for all of her clients. If you want to learn more about Sophia's work, then keep listening. I'm sure you will enjoy our conversation. Lastly, don't forget to check out the other episodes of the podcast on our website or via your favorite podcast service. for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia, a city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future. Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the Event Manager Podcast by Skift Meetings. I am delighted to hi I am delighted to have the founder and creative director of Sophia Krokos Events, Sophia Krokos. Welcome, Sophia, to the uh, podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to do this with you this morning. So, Sophia, uh, you you are uh, you know expert uh, VIP event planner in the New York region. You have amazing list of clients. You also own a restaurant. There's a lot of uh, interesting details about your your professional life and 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 everything around that. But I'd love for you to introduce yourself, um, however you want to do that. And particularly, I'd love to kind of get an impression of the first time that you came in contact with the event industry. So when you realized there was a thing that was the event industry and then uh, take us to kind of today, if you will. Sure. Um, so really, my, my first sort of opening of, of you know schooling and background was business. Um, and um, it was more my dad's idea, not mine, because I always wanted fashion. And, you know, his thing, you know, growing up Greek, you know, of course, Greek parents are always like, what, you know, how are you going to feed yourself with fashion? What is fashion? You know, like, you know, we, you need to go into business and you need to, you know, um, make a career out of this and, and so forth. And so um, and being the oldest of four, um, I was sort of the first one to kind of like be the icebreaker and kind of, you know, do quote unquote what daddy says because you know maybe he's right but in my heart I was such a creative force and and I loved everything about fashion um uh, anything you know that that was beautiful was sort of always speaking in you know to me constantly and so fashion was you know definitely something that I wanted to pursue however I had about a year and a half of not being able to pursue that right away and um and then it just kind of you know I just kind of woke up one day and I was like, I need to make a change because I'm not happy here. So I then went, <clears throat> excuse me, I went into the school um, 
uh, of course, everyone knows the School of Fashion Institute of Technology here in New York. Um, and I felt like I was the, I felt like I was like a free bird that I finally was doing what I wanted to do. And so I graduated from FIT and, and um, then really jumped into the career of fashion. And I was in that industry for seven years and loved every moment of it. Of course, all my money was going back to the companies I was working for because I was just obsessed with, you know, clothing and just, um, just, just had, I had such an, you know, really, um, romance with fashion. And then we also, I also rather did a semester in, in France and Italy. So I really, really enjoyed, you know, um, my schooling and of course my seven year sort of career path in the industry. I, and what were you, where were, you know, what type of thing were you doing in, in those seven years? Were you working on the, the production side, the design side, the show side? What, what were you, what were you so focused on? I was, on? Prim- yeah, I was primarily sales and marketing. Um, and, um, and, you know, I was such a designer in my brain, but I could never translate that on paper, right? I was in my head and thought, oh, yes, I can pick up that pencil and sketch like, you know, these amazing fashion designers with sketch. But I was like a frustrated designer on paper. But I was not that really in essence in life because I, I could I could create, you know, with my hands, I can create with my mind and my, my voice. And so... Um, I worked from, you know, the Donna Karens of the world to the Ralph Lawrence to the Calvin Kleins um, and um, and then some in between, you know, um, smaller um, designer um, fashion houses. And then I I knew in my heart really towards the last sort of year of my, um, you know, career um, and, you know, my job over at Calvin Klein that I just... I couldn't take authority. Like I just wanted to just kind of be my own boss. I was like, I'm done like really taking orders and so on. And, um, and I just didn't feel the connection anymore. I was sort of promised a couple of things, you know, in that last job of mine at Calvin and they never sort of fell through and, um, and they didn't. So that was a very big disappointment. And so I, really in, in my heart again you know I felt like you know creating creating sort of you know um experiences and celebrations were so much bigger to me than anything and growing up Greek like I said earlier you know um and constantly being sort of surrounded you know uh, in a Greek kitchen if you will and entertaining my parents always entertaining and and me loving to entertain and going out and, and dressing a table and doing all that stuff was so speaking to me. And I thought, okay, what a beautiful transition this is. You know, I'm going from fashion, which, you know, was such a big eye opener for me to really creating um, celebration. So it wasn't like I went from, you know, I don't know, a biologist (laughs) to, to, you know, event planning. So it was such a beautiful transition. And so, I had kind of all the tools in my, in my hands. And at the time um, uh, I was married once uh, before uh, my current marriage now. Um, And so planning my own wedding um, was something that I really loved. And I thought I need to make a business out of this. And so at the time when, you know, putting, putting all sort of my, my, um, I guess my tools together, if you will, um, and tapping into my sources that I used for my own wedding, I was 
letting people know, um, hey, I'm planning on doing this. I'm planning to go down sort of this event, you know, industry path. And some people, you know, that were in the industry were like, are you crazy? This is a crazy industry. Like you, you really want to do this. This is it's not as glamorous as you think. And I said, I know nothing's glamorous. You know, at the end of the day, we know it's hard work. And so I said, well, I really want to just make people like feel so good and, and, and create magic. And so I tapped into my florist who wasn't a you know big well-known name in the industry, industry at the time, but she was so lovely. And she actually connected me to this woman who basically was my mentor. Um, and she, you know, Wendy, you know, was like, God, she saw this thirst in me. And she was like, this girl has it going on. And she was a planner. Um, and she was more of sort of a, more like a socialite planner for like the Upper East Side, you know, ladies. Um, and, um, and she saw <clears throat> that I had this again, thirst in me and she kind of sat me down and she was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of open up my world to you and you're going to see how I do it. Um, and how amazing is that for someone to kind of take you under their wings and show you and, and share with you rather, you know, all the sort of top, you know, um, A-lister, you know, vendors of New York City. Um, And I knew, again, that I wasn't going to become like this, you know, factory of a a business of, you know, doing 35 weddings a year, because that was so not what I wanted to do. I wanted to do very selective weddings and and, um, really sort of pay attention to each one of them and really immerse myself in them. And so eight months in, I was thrown into you're ready for this because you're doing your first tinted wedding. And I had no effing idea what a tinted wedding was. I'm like, what does that mean? I have to bring in a generator to do what? Like, you know, then we have to build a floor. So I was quickly, Miguel, like really thrown into this. And, and you had, I had, I rather had no, you know, um, sort of uh, time to, you know, think about it or to whatever I had to do it. And so it, kind of stemmed from there like little by little it was like she was she was always shadowing me somewhere in the background and I was always you know kind of tapping into her for advice and for um you know struggles you know um uh, you know because I'm not gonna sit here and fabricate and make it sound like everything was just so amazing because it wasn't it was hard as hell and I knew I still wanted to do this because it spoke to me so now almost 25 years in, um, I, you know, with hard work, with again, challenges with, you know, ups and downs and, and, and really strong connections that I, um, really built, uh, I have been so fortunate to really, um, create some beautiful, many beautiful events for, really some of the loveliest people that I've been so fortunate to um, really come across. Well, thank you for, for taking us through this. I think you, there's a lot of really interesting experiences there. I think the the anecdote that you kind of tell of the fashion industry sounds a little bit stereotypical in the sense of the, uh, you know, the harshness of it sometimes and that kind of uh, contrast. But uh, I wanted maybe to, to kind of dive in a little bit deeper into this relationship with, with your, with your mentor. Um, is that something that, you know, relationship that you've kept over these last 25 years? Uh, how did that develop? Did you kind of work under her or did you always have your own kind of projects going on? So <clears throat> it was probably the beginning 
when I first met her, it was probably the first, I would say two to maybe three years max um, that, you know, again, I was getting my own jobs as well, but she would definitely throw me a bone, if you will, and say, hey, I can't take this. So I thought this would be so more your speed than me. Um, And so she was gracious enough to really pass on some, you know, um, at least a half a dozen um, of of amazing, you know, clients on my way. And so, um, so I, I kept in touch with her for many, many moons. I haven't, you know, we haven't physically gotten on a call now for at least five years. Um, she had moved down to Florida even past five years ago and um, her and her husband, you know, she had retired and so forth. So um, I, I, we do have a mutual person that we, that, you know, I talk to um, from time to time. And I always ask about Wendy because I have tried her a couple of times and I just haven't been able to kind of get through, keep sort of doing this, um, leaving messages to one another. And so um, she knows how grateful I am. I mean, I have expressed that to her many, many times, and I really do believe that when someone really is able to take you under their wings and you're able to get mentored, that I'm a big believer that you, you give that back. And so I feel like I've mentored many, you know, of my girls that have kind of come on board that have, you know, um, you know, come on to, to, you know, be part of my team. And so I love that I'm able to teach because I do believe I have that essence about myself. Um, and I'm able to, you know, sort of share because I, you know, I, I have found in this industry, at least at the beginning, now I think it's better. At the beginning, everyone was like, hush, hush, do not tell, do not share with that person. It was so competitive, you know, and, um, I so wasn't from that schooling at all. I didn't, I, I, you know, I wasn't the type to also like throw it out into the open either, but, but when questions were, you know, asked, you know, whether it was, you know, a, a planner associate or if it was non-planner, you know, from the industry, I'd be so happy to share if I had an experience that I can, you know, share with them so they can, resolve what was possibly happening in their, you know, uh, life at that moment and so on. Um, so it was, you know, lots of growing pains, of course, but at the same token, um, you know, when you, I say this to, I say to even my, my, my staff at my restaurant, which I know we'll get to at some point. Um, and I say it even to my staff, you know, now, but, you know, I really believe that when you follow what you love, you know, the money comes, right? The opportunities will come, you know, doors will open up. When you are a money chaser and just, you know, too hungry to make that, you know, money, but not really being present in really your um, craft of whatever it is that you do, um, I think you lose sight. And that's something that Wendy definitely also taught me, like, just go slow. She would tell me, go slow because you can get burnt out really quickly in this industry or any industry for that matter. So that's Great kind advice, of what I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I wanted to kind of move forward a little bit. So you talked about the start, but then obviously there's there's a moment when I guess you you become successful or there's enough clients or you have that level of demand. Do you have um, an idea of, of kind of when that moment was or and also especially what like what 
created that? Was it, you know, the, 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 the events that you were doing were, were special and the word of mouth got out? Was it that you were exceptional at doing marketing? You know, was it a mix? How, how do you think that kind of evolved or, or what prompted that to evolve? Um, you know, I, you know, I think I've gotten better over the years, um, with sort of being very more in tune on the business side of the business, right? Like I'm talking numbers, right? Um, and I'm again, my core, and I, and I know I've said this and I'm probably going to say it another 10 times, but the core of who I am really is, um, you know, I'm this connector, this, this creative force that for me, anything creative is what speaks to me. Um, and, um, I hope I'm answering your question. I feel like I just kind of diverted a little bit. Um, no, maybe it's I'll fine. I mean, <laughs> I'd love to, I'd love to also tap into like how you feel about building personal connections, but I just wanted to dig in a little bit into, you know, the jump from, mentee and from learning and from figuring stuff out to kind of that moment when you feel like, hey, this is actually working pretty well. Uh, and and how you feel you were able to kind of make that leap was, was really my question. Right. So, uh, you know, the the part of, you know, making that feel really, you know, great and, and that it's working really didn't kick in for me until probably 10 years, you know, and I gave it that that length because even though there were you know challenges in between um it still made me sort of push through because i believed in myself i believed in the, in in the the sort of you know the craft that i was basically um uh creating um and the connections that i was making um i didn't necessarily say at 10 years oh that's it i don't know if i'm you know you know, am I doing this? Am I going to continue doing this? Or am I going to sort of stop? Um, I believe I just, you know, there was a sort of a turning point where I felt like, yes, I got this, you know, and I think, you know, in life, a lot of us don't have patience for things to sort of, you know, um, you know, come to fruition because we're, you know, some of us are just like, well, if it doesn't happen now, forget it. You know, um, and so it definitely um, <clears throat> took me about that that time um, for me to really, um, you know, go from learning sort of the ropes to uh, being mentored to, you know, um, having some difficult clients even um, to then, you know, kind of feeling really good in my skin of what it was that I had chosen to do with my time and my, my, you know, my career. Yeah. I love that you mentioned difficult clients because I feel like the, the challenges are important, right? Overcoming challenges is, is really a, a big part of the learning process, if you will. Absolutely. 
Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. I wanted to kind of go a little bit deeper into, um, you know, the types of events that you do. Uh, do you see a significant difference from, you know, like when you started or, or what is a, a, a good event uh, and then to what is a great event or something that you, you really start to, to get known for or something that really stands out? Are you able to identify, you know, what makes a Sophia Krokos event really special? And I, I'm not asking for your secrets necessarily, but kind of like those, those details or those areas that you pay attention to that, that I think are, are worth highlighting. You know, what makes it great for me is energy, the energy of the, of the, of the people that I choose to connect myself with. Um, you know, when there's good vibes, there's going to be good results. Um, and I really have been practicing that really for the last probably over 10 years now um, that not that not to say I wasn't practicing that at the beginning, but I think as I've gotten older and wiser, um, I do believe that if something doesn't really work, um, then you got to let it go. And so, you know, I think alignment is huge for me. And so what makes, you know, our events so special is that I feel like when, when we're aligned with a client and yeah, there might be a little bit of, you know, some synergy that might sort of not connect that day or that week or that moment or whatever. But when you're aligned and they are able to understand your language and as we are able to understand their language, that's what makes an amazing experience and an amazing event come to to life for me. Um, And I think everyone feels it in the room. Um, You know, when you see your, when you see your hard work, you know, um, and sometimes, listen, we've been given windows of like, hey, um, I'm getting married in a month. Can you do this? You know, sometimes we have these short windows of, of that. And then we have short and then we have these long windows that like are a year and a half in. <laughs> and so um, so when you see that and you see and even you, the other thing I think that's really important to Miguel is, you know, flexibility, because nothing when you're creating you know when you're building a room for you know a party or wedding or whatever it is you know things can't always translate a hundred percent whatever we might have shown or did on the paper can't sometimes always look exactly like that on the day out because we have to make adjustments oh wow we thought the bar would be great on paper there, but oh my God, it's so not working right now. So we have to shift. So if there's flexibility and there's trust in the client, in us, you know, then what the heck? I mean, if you can't then create something magical out of that, then, then you need to get out of this business. (laughs) So, so that's kind of what I sort of built, you know, myself, uh, what, what sort of what my whole, motto and what you know I really um put out is is that because energy for me is just is massive it's just massive and and is that something that has always kind of come naturally to you or is that something that you identified 
as you went through business and realized that was was more important the further you went on? Well, you know, it's funny because friends always say to me, um, I have this sort of one-liner that I kind of say, I'm not feeling it, right? That's sort of my my one-liner when I'm with people or when we're going somewhere. And I if I go into a room or if I or if I, or if a person comes in, you know, um, into our sort of little circle of whoever it is that I'm hanging out with and, and my friends will turn to me like, Sophia, are you feeling it? I'm like, Nope, not feeling it. So I think I've had that in, intuitiveness of like understanding who, you know, like, like what my surroundings are about, who that person is that's coming in. Um, whatever decision I need to kind of make going forward. I think I've had that from like very young age, but I believe it's, you know, um, it's, it's magnified now, even now in my early fifties that I am so much more even aware of it. So, um, you know, sometimes you have to work through that and, and try to get to that place. And I was, and sometimes it just comes naturally and it's all about really listening from within so you can, you know, make that next step. Yep. Totally, totally following. Um, wanted to touch a little bit on this idea of kind of building personal connections uh, and why that's so important. And you've touched on this a little bit, but I wonder if you could expand on, I don't know if you have a personal thesis or kind of, why you value that so much and and how you go about it? I value it because it's, you know, in life, I know, you know, we have to get through whatever we need to get through on our own, right? You know, at the end of the day, no one's going to make those decisions for you. Um, At the end of the day, um, you need to listen to that, again, inner voice. um, And you need to kind of just go with what you feel feels really good. And so connections for me are so huge because everything I've done in my life, you know, for the most part has been through someone entering my life for either a reason or a season or a lifetime. Right. So, um, and I, really, I'm, I'm very cognizant of not, you know, sort of burning bridges. I don't think I've ever really burned a bridge. Um, and if I did, and whoever's listening that might be in this industry, oh, well, sorry. But, um, but I, I, don't, I don't really believe I've done any of that. So um, it's because of my connections, it's because of my energy that, you know, getting from point A to B to C to all the way Z has been through really, um, you know, the love of people, the love of life, the love of you know, again, connections. And so at a dyer's need, like when I'm stuck on something, um, you know, I will tap into, you know, a friend of mine or a colleague of mine, you know, in the industry and, and ask for advice or, or, you know, ask, you know, where can I get this or whatever it is that I'm asking for, you know, I have never been afraid to ask Miguel. You know, I really, some people are like, oh no, I can't ask because, you know, I shouldn't, you know, whatever. And I'm like, why, why, you know, why go through life of not asking and, and being able to receive? Because I do believe the more you do that, the more you will, you will receive whatever it is that you're looking for. And, and so 
I value my connections. I value the people that have come into my life and what they've taught me, what they've, you know, uh, whether they've, you know, whether they've taught me, whether they've made me laugh, whether they've put me in contact with the next best thing. I am so grateful for that. And, and I'm such a connector myself because I also love to connect people. So if you were to come to me and say, Hey, Sophia, you know what? I'm in need of X, you know, how, how can I, you know, do you, do you know of anyone, you know? Um, And so I'm happy to go through the loops. And even if I don't know someone directly, I will jump through, you know, the next fence or whatever it is and say, wait, I got someone. And you know what? Talk to this person. I think they might be able to help you out. So that is, you know, something too, that my dad, you know, um, you know, is a strong proponent as well, because, you know, with, you know, having the business that he had and, you know, having almost 300 employees at one point, um, and being able to help and connect so many people and, uh, you know, I think was a, a huge sort of opening for me. And so I think I'm just, I guess like I have some, you know, some of his genes, I guess. <laughs> Sounds like some great, uh, a great transfer of skills there or kind of learning uh-huh. from, from him. Uh-huh. So wanted to also talk about the the restaurant that you're a co-owner of is that um how did that come about and and how does that kind of integrate in everything else that you do well that now is five years old um we just hit five years of um of our beautiful little gem that i call um out here in the uh in the hamptons in bridgehampton and um that to me was, that kind of came out of left field. It wasn't something that I was planning, you know, um, uh, to do. Um, it just, uh, my husband said, you know, well, actually the, the space that was available, you know, um, cause he had that space with two other restaurants prior and we were just going to sort of give it up and be like done with it. Um, and a lot of our, you know, friends and and the community out here who's been so gracious and lovely to us all these years um we're like come on guys you guys are greek you you've got to turn this into a greek restaurant i'm like i'm not going into the restaurant business it's just not happening and so um cut to i'm coming back from paris you know after doing a wedding and i'm now creating mood boards and i'm like okay i guess this is happening and so it kind of very organically sort of transitioned for me to kind of go down that road. And I know that restaurant, you know, life is not, you know, again, glamorous. It might have that effect and it might, and I might experience a couple of glam moments, but it's grueling at the end of the day, you know, long hours, a lot of revolving doors, you know, um, you know, many, many types of personalities to deal with, you know, Um, and I'm not talking about the customers I'm talking about, you know, back of the house and, and front of the house. Um, and so, you know, uh, it, it was definitely an eye opener again for me to explore this, this whole new world. And yet again, the transition to going into that next phase in my life was also, was an easy one because again, you know, from fashion to events, to restaurants, to a restaurant, um, was basically something that was very, you know, kind of, uh, an easy flow that kind of, you know, um, you know, happened for me. And so 
we, um, I, I believe, I really do believe that everyone should at some point in their life, whoever's listening, that's, you know, young and ambitious and maybe not ready for events, but maybe they are, I'm not sure, should really enter into the hospitality world. I really do believe there is a level of service and, and, um, experiences that really, um, tend to life to, you know, carry through. And, um, and so it has been a really um, an amazing, um, journey with this to know that we are feeding love through Greek food, <laughs> um, and <clears throat> having sort of every sense, every sense, you know, of your body when you enter in from visual to, you know, audio to, um, taste and smell and to everything that you are basically, you know, uh, uh, experiencing, um, makes me so happy. It really does. I really have, you know, five years now, and it's been really the last two and a half years that I really have fallen in love with, with what we've created. Cause the first, again, like anything, right. Um, it's working out the kinks. It's like, you know, um, figuring out where do you fit in? You know, not that I, I'm not talking about me personally, but just in general, um, you know, trying out, you know, different things and, and trying to just really figure it out. Um, and, um, and then of course, you know, when, when the whole pandemic hit that, that is when really I, um, and even prior to that really, but that's, that's when I really started seeing my restaurant in a different lens and, and really falling in love with it because there was a burnout moment, you know, for me a couple of years back. And, um, and it was hard, you know, balancing events, balancing, you know, a family issue that we were dealing with, with our mom. And then, you know, um, you know, balancing a restaurant, which, you know, was a beast in its own self, you know, and, um, and even though, you know, of course we have a whole team of people there, it's not like I had to be manager and chef and, and, you know, hostess, um, but still uh, the attention needed to be given and I couldn't, I couldn't give it a hundred percent and it was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And that sounds like it all happened in the, during the pandemic, right? So that's the pretty stressful moment for, for, for everybody. So I can imagine that was a, a challenging time. It was, but that was the time that, again, we were lucky because we were, we were out here and, you know, the restaurants you know, located out in Bridgehampton. So a lot of people were leaving, you know, their city apartments, their city life, whatever it was, um, and coming back out to their homes to just, you know, feel a little bit more of breathing space, I guess. Um, and so that was challenging, but it was actually, that was the peak for me. It was the prior that was the challenging part. Um, the first two years, two and a half years of the business, um, it's been the last half that has been really most rewarding that I've ever experienced um, it to be. So um, I love it. I love what we've built. And um, I honestly, it's the most, such a, it warms my heart when everyone really walks out of there and says, best meal. You guys are amazing. Oh my God, your service. Love everything about it. I've come here a million times. I tell all my friends about this place. So <clears throat> it really makes me happy to hear that. 
Do you think part of creating that experience is is coming from events and, and special events that you can kind of bring, uh, I guess, that that expectation or that level of service to, to, a, to a restaurant setting? I am the special event, Miguel. Just kidding. <laughs> um, of course it does. You know, uh, you know, one of my, one of my uh, chefs that was on board with us for, you know, a good time before they, before he had to leave rather, um, you know, he said in, in one of the meetings to the staff, he said, this restaurant is an event every night. We are, you know, we need to get our stations ready. We need to make sure that, you know, that the windows are clean. We need, we need to have the happy smile at the front of the door. We need to have candles lit and, and, you know, uh, our state, like I said, our stations ready and our music going and everything. So every night you have to treat this like Sophia knows this, you know, wholeheartedly, but he was emphasizing it more and more um, because he knows how, you know, I guess I was about, timing you know when our doors open at five we can't be polishing glasses still right we can't be um <clears throat> i don't mind you know having a little interaction of like lighting of the candles at 5 p.m as guests come in so it's almost like welcome you know little things that can kind of let go but every night we we treat it like as an as if it's an event so behind the scenes you know no one sees you know the craziness or the whatever you know might be happening if if anything of that is happening so so yeah i i think my my experiences and my you know um my exposure to events has definitely helped in in um creating this this next step in my life really interesting one of the areas you touched on that I wanted to maybe go a little bit further is is challenges, right? And and you know you talked about a challenging moment, and thank you for 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 going there and and kind of telling us about that. But I wanted to kind of look forward, right, into the the industry in events, uh, meetings, all these kind of things. Are you seeing challenges ahead uh, beyond what you know what is happening right now? I mean, there's this financial crisis maybe hitting all these kind of things. Are there specific challenges that, that you're seeing kind of coming up ahead in your world? I'm, I'm not, you know, whatever happened in the last two years, I say it's in the rear view mirror. I don't even want to go there because I know people have talked about it, you know, um, many of times um, it, it was challenging enough, uh, you know, cancellations, weirdness of how to, you know, create events and just, uh, I just, I just want to say, you know what, that that's passed and now we try to we have to try to see what's you know happening now and what's going to possibly be happening in the future but again we don't even have control of that 100 percent either so um i haven't seen any massive challenges what i've seen is maybe like some cutbacks because i do think that we are going to go into some financial I don't want to say mess, but I think there is going to be a little bit of a turning point and I think people are going to cut back. Um, I think, you know, our clients aren't, you know, uh, even the one percenters or whatever it is that they are, um, it doesn't matter, you know, if they're, you know, on status one or status two, as far as money is concerned, Um, but they are concerned. Um, there's a few that just, I think are oblivious to everything and anything, and they just don't care. And then there's others that are going that I believe do care and have some major, um, 
you know, concerns about what's coming. So I don't know. Uh, I don't have that crystal ball. I mean, we know that, you know, as a country right now in America, we are a little bit in trouble. Um, And so I am concerned about what is going to come about, but I, I think I'm going to just really take this day by day and um, guide, you know, our clients, you know, as, as much as possible and, um, you know, kind of like let it sort of, I don't know, take its course. Thinking beyond challenges, are, are there certain trends, certain things happening in events that, that you're kind of seeing right now that, that are different to in the past? And I'm talking, I don't know, different ways that you put events on, different kind of looks or whatever you, you, you know, you're focusing on. And that you're kind of predicting will will kind of expand or grow in the future. Um, the one thing that I know we um, we we really had such a um, an amazing kind of time, uh, amazing and 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 you know limited time to create this amazing party that we did this past February. A lot of immersive acts, you know, people are wanting to not just have a band, if you will, or just a DJ. I'm not saying that that's not a good thing of not of just having a band or a DJ. But I think people are have been hungry with the with their eye in the last two years of not being able to visually see what can be created and 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 feel that they can sort of immerse in a crowd of you know, 200 people and just going nuts, you know, with like high energy and, and, um, excuse me, and high energy and, and, um, great music and, and visual and visual sort of stimulation, because I think we've, you know, obviously all of us have had experienced, you know, um, you know, a downfall when it can't work, you know, in that sort of arena. So I think visually people just want to see like more, more and um and whether it's you know aerialists to dancers to um you know uh, other types of you know um music ensembles and and so on people want to see that so i think that i feel ever since we did our party at the plaza it was called the ping party at the plaza for love shack fancy <clears throat> and um that's that for me personally, because um, that was sort of the opening for 2022 for us. That was like, I call it my, my infamous word, it was bananas. It was like out of control, but so good out of control that the plaza had never seen anything like this before. And it was, I felt like my heart had come back to life because it was kind of dead for the last two years. And even though we had done events, you know, last, last year in 21, um, we just did them on a different scale because again, we were sort of in uncertain times still. Um, so this to me was like, damn it, we're back. We're back. And we, and every person and staff member in that room felt it. So I think people just need to feel that is what I'm seeing. They need to feel. And, um, and so, yeah, we're in the business of feeling. <laughs> so I'm all for that. Yeah. I love that business of feeling and, and the kind of immersive acts, I think sounds, sounds really exciting. Sophia, 
Uh, thank you for taking us through this journey. I think we've covered lots of things from kind of the start of your career to the development, the, the restaurant business, personal connections. I think there's a, there's a lot there to unpack. Uh, I want to start wrapping up, but I want to make sure I capture from you uh, a recommendation for someone else to have on the podcast. I think your uh, your input is is super valuable, and it's a part of the industry that I am personally not as familiar with. So I think it's really interesting to get these these kind of insights. Um, so would would love to get a recommendation so we can continue the conversation with with someone else that you know and respect. You know, <clears throat> I. It's been a while now that David Stark and I haven't talked. You know, over over COVID, we were connecting, you know, quite a lot um, through phone calls and just kind of touching base with one another and sort of just kind of you know speaking life and speaking non-related event stuff. And he's one of those guys and and humans that I kind of like really look up to to see like what is he doing next. And even though we don't have you know, this ongoing weekly conversations happening. We know that once we see each other or when we get on the phone, it's so genuine and it's so real. And he's such a creative genius and such a really just, you know, soft-spoken and just so just gentle. And, and he has created something in the industry that, you know, um, no one really has because his geniuses, his genius mind of, of events, you know, and 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 just really uniqueness of his designs and and concepts um, are really something that you know I believe he he stands out for, and and um, and so I think David Stark would be definitely someone for you. Love it. Thank you for that recommendation. And uh, hopefully we can arrange to to have a, an invitation sent to, to David and, uh, and have him join us as a guest. Sophia, it's been a pleasure. I uh, really appreciate you joining us. I wish you lots of success with your future events. And uh, please do continue to, to be in touch and uh, tell us about your your experiences, your designs and your and your restaurant. Love, love to hear about that. So thank you for your time. I appreciate you being with us. Thank you as well, Miguel. It was a pleasure. And um, yeah, best of luck on this podcast as well.